Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. This is the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Thanks for joining us on the show. We have Kyle and Todd sitting in studio with us. What is going on? We've... Kyle and Todd, we're enjoying these last few weeks together, and uh, we're going to have a party in a couple weeks, so I think that would only be appropriate. <laughs> I'm a party animal, so that's Throw good. Down. We are party animals. Yeah, that's yeah, one yeah, thing yeah, I'm known for is my partying. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Those Swedish parties, man. Yeah, they're Swedish off the hook. You know what? Every once in a while, honestly, we tap our feet. We do. Yeah. It gets, it gets rowdy. So cray. Yeah. I could see you doing that, Dave. Yeah, well, it's not often, but if you see me tapping my foot, I'm going like... A crazy Italian. <laughs> anyway, the lovely Tara Kozlowski is joining us also in studio. Welcome, hey, Tara. Hey, everybody. Yeah, so tonight we'd love for you to get involved on in the conversation, too. You can join us on Facebook or Twitter at HopeNet360. You can also email us in studio at hope at hopenet360.com. And we would love for you to connect with us that way, too. So, last week we talked about things that sounded better in my head. And uh, stuff. if you missed the show, you need to go and download it on iTunes uh, or on our website, HopeNet360.com, which is where all of our podcasts are at. Uh, but tonight, we're continuing on with that conversation as we talked about lying last week after having some conversations with a few people, and one in particular, talking about anger and how anger affects us, how we deal with our anger, and kind of whether or not it's okay to be angry. I think every person that I've ever known, I've been angry. Tara, have you ever been angry? Never. <laughs> wow. No, I've been. <laughs> Wait, are we going to talk about right. lies on this show too? Um, yeah, right. <laughs> it's just it's a normal human emotion that we go through. But we're going to talk about that more tonight in depth. And uh, Dave, I'm curious: Have you talked with young people or maybe even adults um, who have really wrestled with being hurt by people in the church and how it's changed their outlook on God and maybe stirred up anger in them? You, you know, I have. And what's what's really interesting is. We have to look a little bit at how we are as humans and how this anger thing really develops. I mean, mm-hmm. w- what's really interesting is that most anger, I think, comes from disappointment. Um, we believe something to be true. It doesn't pan itself out. We get really mad that it wasn't true because we set something up in our lives to go according to what we believed. And then we look like fools or we're disappointed or whatever. And that disappointment is huge. And then we have to do something with the disappointment. I mean, we need to do something with it. You know, one of the key things that I really work on with young people is just trying to get them to live in the truth. Because if you can understand what Christianity really is about, and if you can understand what life is really all about, you have less disappointment. And and I think that's very important because I think anger and disappointment go together. And uh, And you really have to look at how we get there, I think. I just think, you know, in the example of looking at everyday life, someone does something to you, someone says something to you, that just, it makes you angry. Kyle, Todd, do you guys have any stories, any, anything in your past that's like 
someone said something or did something that really just made you angry? I've had several. I mean, I get. I, I mean, I'm kind of a hothead, I guess. I mean, not a hot hothead, but like sometimes people will say things that just irk me and, and really get me in a bad mood and really get me upset. Um, and it just, I mean, sometimes it depends on my mood because I guess I can be moody too. I guess, but uh, <laughs> like I don't know. A, a good instance in that is. Sometimes when Christians aren't acting the way they should, um, that that angers me at times. But does it ever turn out well for you? I mean, when you're angry with somebody else, does that turn out no, good I, for you? No. I mean, I, I, what I have to do is usually I have to walk out. Yeah, does anyone out. on the panel, I mean, anybody here in the studio today, has it ever where the anger turned out really good for you? I, I mean, no. the cross sometimes. Yeah, it was. It, if you didn't get caught with a penalty. You, you know, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. interesting. We right. as humans have this this thing like... Did you ever feel like you were talking to somebody and you felt like saying, well, I deserve to be angry and bitter? I mean, you're... Yeah, yes. I have. I, yeah. Well, you, like, what are we saying with that? Uh, I deserve to be miserable? Almost like you don't understand what I'm going right. through. Yeah. Like, so, right. so I want to be miserable and I, I need to be miserable and you don't understand I, I, I deserve to be miserable, so leave me alone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that what we're saying? It's kind of like a quote that I heard or a saying that says bitterness is like trying to give a poison to another person but taking it yourself because yeah. Yeah. you're holding on to yep. the anger and it's making you miserable, not the person you really want. That you're hoping to be miserable because you're angry with them. That's an awesome quote. I've never heard that before. Yeah, really? You know what? It's like yeah. so true. I, I think it says something like it, it's, it's taking, you know, a pouring poison and giving it to somebody else. You know, or trying to give it to somebody else, but having it kill you. I yeah. mean, it's it's like really weirdness. Mm-hmm. You, you know what's interesting is anger. There's a passage in the Bible I go to when I'm angry, and it's in Psalm chapter 37. Because, you know what, I, I can blame everybody for all my problems. I mean, I really can. I can look and just be Mr. Blame guy. You know, I mean, go go blame my mother, blame, blame my father, blame society, blame my teacher, blame. I can blame anybody. In, in, in Psalm 37, it says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers or be envious of wrongdoers, mm. for they will soon fade like grass and wither like a green herb. It says, oh. trust the Lord and do good. And I'm, I'm not going to read the whole chapter to you, but one of the easiest things to realize is in our human nature, we, we're kind of people who love to fret. We don't use that word a lot. But, but fret in this sense is like if you took a piece of sandpaper and rubbed it on wood and you kept rubbing it and rubbing it and rubbing it and rubbing it, rubbing it until the wood was gone. Now, I mean, I have been there where... Somebody irritated me, and I can't get it off my mind. I'm getting madder and madder and madder, and, and it's just like I keep rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing and rubbing, and, and, and it never goes away. And, and pretty soon, it's controlling my sleep. It's controlling mm-hmm. my eating. Yeah. It's controlling everything in my life. And here I am saying to somebody, well, if you had this said to you, you, you would be this way too, and I'm trying to even justify it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what kind of a bum can I be to myself <laughs> in, in many respects? Yeah, you know, there's a story. I, I got to tell a quick story. There, there was a guy once that, that hated me, and uh, I didn't know it. <laughs> that was me, a guy yeah. once, yeah. Uh, but you know, I hadn't seen this guy in years. He was on our board, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from him, and he says, Dave, I hate you. And I say, what? Hi. You know, how are you? And, 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 and the bottom line really is, after we got through it a little bit, he said, no, I'm calling because of this. It was like five, six years. He had moved to another state. There was something that I did that really bugged him, but I never knew that it bugged him. I never mm-hmm. knew it. And, and he was angry with me. See, finally, I was going to counseling. I was depressed. I was angry. I went to counseling. I realized something. I shouldn't have been angry at you. And for all these years, it's been controlling me. And I've been depressed and angry and all that stuff. He mm-hmm. said, so I'm just calling to ask your forgiveness. And I thought, well, you got it. But I'm thinking in my head, I never even knew you were angry. Now, all of those years, I slept fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was angry with me. 
Yeah. And I slept fine. Look what anger did to this guy. It ruined him. And I'm thinking, oh, man, that's a dangerous thing that people need to understand. We're capable of this fret thing where we're just taking sandpaper and rubbing, rubbing, rubbing until, man, we are just worn out. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great analogy. I know for me, there's there's one person in particular that I know that has, for some reason, they're angry with me. I mean, there's just something. And I don't know. I, I very well may have made a lot of different people angry over the years. I don't I'm capable of doing that. I don't know. Every one of us has someone like that. But to me, I know there's a person that's that's living in anger, and I just wish that I could just talk to them and have an open conversation about what's making them angry, what I've done, not justify myself, but to just say, man, how do I make this right? I think that's the worst thing is when someone's angry with you. Mm-hmm. How do you just – how do you make it right? I mean because sometimes in our anger, we just want to be angry. It feels good to be angry. And to give somebody forgiveness or to ask, then that means I've got to step off my platform kind of a thing. So I think how we handle our anger is very important. I also want to talk a little bit more about what happens when anger turns destructive because I think what ends up happening if we hold on to anger too long is it ends up being destructive maybe not just internally but also on the outside. Some of the things that we see happening in our culture today. So we're going to pick up this conversation when we come back. Remember, you can always email us during the show at hope at hopenet360.com. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations saves lives. We're talking about anger tonight, and we've been talking a little bit in our first part of the show just about how it's easy to be angry. I think today, in general, it's it's it seems like there's just a lot more anger in a lot of people. And I've talked to quite a few different Christians over the years. I was a Christian over the years that eventually got angry with maybe church things that happened, people in the church. And in some ways it caused me to question my faith. It caused me to want to just rebel and like live in that angry situation. It was kind of like an empowering moment because it's like, hey, I'm angry. It's like I can just take hold of this world and like run with it. And just like Dave so eloquently points out to, to us every week is that the world just doesn't revolve around us. And then you just get that smack in the face and you realize that as angry as I was or as angry as you know, a situation made me, I wasn't changing anything, wasn't doing anything. So we would love to hear from you guys on the show as well. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet 360 Guys, I'm as you're watching, as you're seeing in our culture, and maybe you know people this way, have you ever seen how anger can turn destructive? There's been a lot of uh, school shootings that have started happening in my lifetime. I mean, really, what are they angry about when they go to school and they start shooting or knifing people? I mean, what is that? I think some of it's bullying. Yeah. An ultimate revenge. Yeah, so, I, so I mean, you get angry at the bully, right? I mean, and, yeah. and then you're going to take it out and show that... that and then... Probably you say, you know, I deserve to be this angry and that kind of thing. And look at the destruction. The fruit of a culture that basically is revolving around itself is anger. What happens is the truth eventually wins. And the truth is that the whole world doesn't revolve around me. That's a good and, point. and so when I, when I realize that, I get angry. I want it to revolve around me. And I think that's really hard for us to deal with. But it doesn't revolve around me. And so if I understood it, I mean, one of the hardest things in the world that I went through is my dad's death. Mm-hmm. And when he died, the day after we picked out the casket and that kind of thing, and, 
And uh, basically, my dad was a pastor for 30 years, so we, we had to have two nights uh, at the funeral home where people came and saw it, him and, and talked to us because there were so many people that came through. And, and I remember going and on the way to the funeral home that morning and thinking, as I went by a Dunkin' Donuts shop, which I used to love, and I thought, why are people buying donuts today? My dad's dead. It doesn't matter. You know, what, mm. what I was really mad about at that moment was that the world did not revolve around me. Mm. And, and what I was even madder about was I was realizing that it didn't. And I thought, you know what? I want things to work out for me the way I want it. And I was getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And, and, and that's not healthy anger at that point. What, what's really happening at that point is that I'm believing a lie. Mm-hmm. I have believed that God's a sugar daddy in the sky, that he should make sure I don't have pain, that we don't see death, that, that you know, the whole world is, is my world and sees it the way I see it. And I was ticked that people got up that morning, went to work. And what made it worse was the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Washington, died the next day. And, and all of the news in Chicago is about the death of this mayor. And I was thinking, who cares? My dad died. He's not on the news. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that kind of thing. I was mad that the whole world didn't revolve around me. Yeah. When I look back at that, it was a very, very important lesson for me. Because if I would have adjusted my life, and maybe nobody can until you go through it, but if I would have adjusted my life to reality, I would have understood that my mom and dad someday would die, that the earth does not revolve around me, that the sun would come up and go down whether I am here or not. Mm-hmm. And and really what happens then is the God of the universe that really makes it all happen is more amazing to me in that he actually loves me and has a plan and now I can adjust myself and not get angry and and it took me a while to get there but um, I'm older and I've seen a lot of disappointment and I have realized that I can walk around saying if if you had a rough life like mine I you would be angry too but it doesn't go anywhere and I whenever I do that it's because I, I think I've been focusing on my own importance, Dave Wager. I want the world to know how important I am. I want everybody to somehow acknowledge this importance. I need to get my head into the real world that God created, and then I don't have that anger problem. You know, that's so funny because I, I, I think I, when you ask that too, Jeff, like, have you seen like when anger gets destructive? I've seen it in my own life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll come home angry about something, and I want to tell everybody how angry I am. Yep. And if they don't get as angry as I am about what I'm angry about, I get angry with them. You know, like <laughs> yep. I'll get mad at them not being as angry as I am about what I'm angry about. Mm. So, like, just things like that. Like, I like it's it rules you, and it rules you, and you can't get it off your mind. Like what you were but, talking about. But you're about. not you're not happy with it. I mean, no. it drives you nuts. It, it's it, and that that's why it's like bitterness. That that quote. That why do you feel like you have to so hang on true. to it though? I mean, why do you have to hang on to it to be okay? You know, I I don't know. That's such a great question. I feel like I'm Batman and I need like vengeance or something mm. on the person that I'm angry with. I yeah. don't I don't know why I do. But let, it's like, let me read Ephesians four twenty six to you and, and twenty seven because I think there's an answer there. It says, "Be angry." Okay, so anger itself may not be sinful. We have to talk about that. When is it sinful? Yeah. When isn't it? But it says, "Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger." Okay, that means that prolonged stuff that we're talking about. We yeah. need to deal with it. But, but the next verse tells us why. And give no opportunity to the devil. Yeah. I think what God is saying is, look, this anger thing, there will be people who do things wrong against you. There will. They'll, they'll throw an egg at you or something. I mean, they're, they're going to do something really bad. Yeah. You can be angry with them, but you better straighten that out before you go to bed. Because mm-hmm. if this thing's going to linger, you're giving Satan an opportunity to destroy you with this. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be as simple as you know, peeps or something, you know, disagreement on peeps kind not of thing. Not, not that here we come, would. Here come the peeps. Yeah, but it, wow. You had to bring that up, did yeah, you? Yeah, see, here we go. I'm showing anger right here. But, you know, I mean, it could be because what's interesting is God made us emotional creatures and, and anger will come. And there is actually a righteous anger. There, there is. There, yeah. There's something that you could be angry about and it's helpful. But there's a way to do it and sin not. Mm-hmm. And, and and what I'm talking about is not the sin not kind. I mean, do you think I had the door open when my dad died for Satan to just beat on me? I mean, mm-hmm. and, and you think he cared? He didn't care about me. So so here I am thinking, why doesn't the re- world revolve around me? And Satan's going, good question. It should, you know, Dave. <laughs> you know, really, it's really all about you. It's about your feelings, about your family, it's about your dad. I don't think God's connected to this one. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm getting more angry and more angry and more angry. You know what really solved it? My brother, who's a couple years older than me and a pastor, we went in, and I had not seen my dad's body in the casket yet, and I didn't want to go in. I was the younger brother, man. I'm walking out in the hall. I won't go in there. My brother's going, you got to come in. I'm not coming in. I don't want to see him. No, I didn't want to see my dad dead. I didn't want to see it. And my brother said, you will come in, and he forced me in. Hmm. And as I was standing there at the casket, it's like all truth hit me. I had never before in my life been so full of joy and full of sorrow at the same time. And all of these lies started to peel away, like mm-hmm. the happiness is the absence of pain. I found that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. I, I, I found that, yes, you knew he was going to die. I mean, the first thought I had when I looked at him was, he's not there. This is just a, a shell. And see, that was the truth. And all of a sudden, all this truth came into my life, and it saved my anger. It did. It, it stopped it right there. I mean, it was amazing to me how that happened. Because I wasn't ready for that at all. I was so angry when I walked in that room. When I, by the time I looked at my dad and I stood there for a while and just prayed and thought about it, I was fine. I was greeting people, giving them a talking. I was, I was fine. Hmm. Because truth took over, and the Holy Spirit was there to remind me of verses I knew and, and, and remind me of truth and remind me of who God was. And now the anger was over the fact that there's sin and that I lost my dad and that I do miss him, and that's okay. That's, that's healthy anger. But I was no longer bitter with God. Yeah. I was no longer bitter with the world. And that's different. I mean, that's, that's a different stage. And so um, the truth, again, set me free. And I, I'm not sure if that makes sense to you guys, but it's very personal to me. And, and, and it is something that's helped me through the years. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, anger that turns destructive, we see examples of that every single day. They may lash out in different ways, maybe in a passive-aggressive way. About a month ago, just a, a student over in, in Pennsylvania who attacked a, a large number of students. And at 16 years old now, he's facing quite a long time behind bars. And these are all ways that anger comes into our life and it takes a root. And we either we do one of two things. We, we either become passive because we're so angry that we just decide we're not going to care anymore, or we take it and we go public with it. And it becomes something that it goes and weeds its way into relationships. It, it really poisons relationships in a lot of ways, not just to the person that you're angry with, but it, it bleeds over in every other part of our life. It starts affecting our, our work ethic. It starts affecting, especially this time of year when times are getting tight and people are ready to be done with school and classes and all these things are coming together as a culmination of all these things that and snow. It, can, it can be overwhelming. I really hope there's no more snow in the forecast, Dave, seriously. <laughs> It's been a long enough winter. Let's get on with spring and summer here. But to me, is like we've got to be able to control our anger. And we have to recognize that there's always a solution for our anger. It's not always the way we think we should handle it. 
but it's the best way to do it. It's not to be passive, and it's not to be aggressive. There's a better way to do that. So we're going to talk more about that when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. It is the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. We're glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, we're talking about anger, talking about bitterness. Title of our show, You Mad Bro? It's Todd's idea. Don't ask. Anyway, Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, Kyle and Todd in studio, and Tara Kay, she is hanging out with us. You guys can always get on the conversation too. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com anytime on the show. Every single person, you don't have to be a Christian to deal with anger. I think it's a human emotion. I know it's a human emotion. Uh, we all get angry at different things. We get angry for different reasons. Uh, we get angry because things happen to us. We also get angry about things that happen to people who are close to us. So your mom, your dad, your best friend, someone goes and hurts them and, and they're distraught about it. It makes you angry. I know it makes me angry when other people hurt my friends and Sometimes I feel like I want to jump up to the rescue and shield, you know, wield my sword and, and say, no, you know, stand up and, and fight. I don't know. There's something in, in us guys who like a good fight. Uh, some UFC guys are listening probably to the show tonight and they're like, yeah, let's go. You know, I don't even know what the next fight is, but it's, it's one of those things. We just, we love a good fight and sometimes we just love to be angry. Uh, I think anger is a very strong motivator to do things in a lot of ways. It can really motivate us to do in some ways, some good things, but most times it can be destructive either internally to us or it can be destructive from a violent approach. We were talking about how anger becomes destructive, and I've seen that a lot firsthand of just working with girls that are exploited and women that are exploited and or through sexual abuse or domestic abuse. And when we think of where does anger come from, and I think it was such a good point, and I think Dave made in the last segment talking about how it, it is self centered and there are things that are we should get angry about but usually our own anger i think um or somebody exuding anger on another person is a fight for control or power like for example we were we were talking about a a school situation where somebody had a knife his classmates or in any kind of school shooting situation and we wonder how could something like that happen or even an abuse situation usually people who are abusers have been abused themselves and it's anger maybe their childhood that they've never dealt with or they never Mm. had the right conversation or they never got the right help. And it's anger that has been inside of them. It made them feel hopeless or helpless and out of control or in lacking of control and lacking in power. So for, let's say, the student that gets bullied and um, you know, maybe he didn't really show any signs of we had no idea this was going to happen or that he would do this. But inside it was festering and and it, he felt or he or she in this any situation that maybe was bullied or whatever the situation was, felt that they were hopeless and helpless and lost control and didn't have power. So they had no idea or no way to know how do I express this? Because if, if you don't get help in a healthy way, it comes out in a an explosion of some kind, mm-hmm. whether it's extreme violence yeah. or it's abusing your spouse or your girlfriend or in an abusive relationship situation. Yeah. It's this power. It's this, this search of finding hope and exuding power and gaining power back in an unhealthy way. Yeah, it's an aggressive side. Mm-hmm. And I'd mentioned, too, there's different ways that we handle anger. Sometimes it turns into a passive thing that we get so angry and we get so mad and we realize there's nothing I could do legally 
that would change the outcome except put me behind bars. So we become passive. Mm -hmm. And I think there are many men today who have become so maybe discouraged or so disappointed that instead of being, you know, outward, outwardly angry, they turn inwardly angry Mm -hmm. and they just become passive. Like, I just don't care anymore about this. When we are talking about power, you know, it's very interesting is that Satan takes everything that's really good and twists it and makes it weird. For, for example, if you really know God, you're not interested in power. You're, you're, you're interested in just following God. You're interested in giving up the leadership to him. And, and what's interesting is that when I try and take it for myself, I get more and more angry, more and more bitter, because it doesn't work. And it will never work. I was made to trust God. I was made to live in a way where I trusted God. And so what we're really talking about here is living in an unnatural way. And, and we have to be, understand that there's a way we were created. And we were created to follow God. We were created to not be the one that controlled. See, I have all the confidence in the world because God who loves me, he controls it all. I can trust him. You know, I mean, that's simple. But when I start to take the control, when I start to say, I've got to take things and make it work, man, I can get very frustrated. And it, and it never works. What do you do? I mean, when we in a role of leadership and you get angry with maybe a subordinate, someone who works for you, an employee or something, what's your response? I mean, are you – is what you're saying, Dave, should we just be passive about this? Should we not ever get angry about things? I mean, and then if we should – if we can get angry about them – then what does that look like? I mean, how do you, you, know how do you deal with I, it in a healthy way? Yeah, I would encourage people to kind of look at, um, uh, like the book of Nehemiah, uh, if they wanted to, and, and understand what good anger is, looks like. Uh, Nehemiah was one who had a great position. I mean, he was a food taster for the king. If you ever want a position back then, food tasting for the king would be it. I mean, they, they, of course, if, if, somebody's, yeah, if somebody's trying to poison the king, you die. But other well, than yeah. that, really good food <laughs> and really good accommodations. But But the thing that, that really bothered him, the thing that made him angry, was that God's name was being disgraced. Hmm. And, and that's what made him angry. Yeah. And, and what's interesting is he was willing to go put his own skin into the game and, 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 and risk everything and go lead the troops and that kind of stuff. But, but if God did not provide, there was no way to solve it, but he was convinced God would. Now, what's really interesting is when I start taking on God's responsibilities, they crush me. Mm-hmm. I cannot bear those. And, and, and like revenge and, 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 and punishment, those are not for Dave Wager to deal out. That's for God. You've you got to picture it this way. Oftentimes in the ministry, people cheat us. In other words, we're, we're a camp and a college and, mm-hmm. and, a, and we have several campuses. And someone will come up and they won't pay their bill. And they just leave, and, and that leaves us with some options. You know, I can write them a letter, and we, we do that says, you know, please pay your bill kind of thing, and, and they don't. So, so what can I do? I can just get really on a tirade. I can run around saying, all oh, these people don't pay their bill, you know, mm-hmm. and get really mad. Or I can say, you know what? My father will take care of us, and my father will take care of you, and I can leave it. And, and it all has to do with knowing who God is in that particular moment. And, and again, always looking back to the idea that I'm not the one that has the power. And I think that bad anger comes from when I think I need to be the one that has the power because I don't have it. And so then I get more and more frustrated. Then I got to do something to prove that I have, like, stab everybody in my class or whatever else. And I think, what do you think of me now? I got power. You know, I mean, I, I am in control now. And, and I think that gets us in big trouble. Knowing God is the answer really to everything. I mean, I, 
once I know him, and once I, you know, to know him is really to love him. And again, I, God is older than me and smarter than me and loves me. I can trust him. Hmm. And that's where it comes to. When I try to take God's position like Satan does, when I try and make sure people suffer that hurt others, when I try and take justice into my own hands, then I end up messing things up because that's not my department. Trust is my department. Look at every apostle. They, they died for what they believed. They did not fight Jesus on the cross. He looked off and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's how you win this battle is by giving things to God, not by taking it into your own hands and winning it. Yep, and I, the difference between being passive and just letting things happen and the difference of being aggressive, I think both sides of, of dealing with this are not really the proper way of doing it. I think the main thing is moving from a passive or an aggressive state, just being assertive to being able to say, you know, kind of like what you're saying, Dave, what you did in sending that letter was an assertive thing. It's just saying, mm-hmm. hey, pay this bill. You know, this is something that is – it's a responsibility thing. Being assertive is just showing where responsibility has failed. And it's pointing out those errors so that that person can make the right decisions from it. If you're passive about it and you don't let anybody know that what they did to you or what they did to the other person made you angry or disappointed or discouraged, um, that person may never have an opportunity to grow. The same thing with being aggressive is if you go out and you lash out in anger and so you pull a gun or you pull a knife or you make threats or whatever. I mean those things, you, you put up your, your fists and you start fighting and that that will get you in more trouble in the end too. So it's neither one of those is ones that's going to really keep relationship open. And I think the important thing in being assertive will keep the lines of relationship open, even though it'll be an uncomfortable conversation, even though that person may not hear what you said, you know, they may not care that they made you angry. You know, I've had those conversations too, where I just said, Hey, I really didn't like what you said there. And they're like, so what? I don't care. You know, and they just go on. And, and I guess that's Dave, that's where you're saying that if we know God and we trust him with the outcome, that we just give it over to him. And he's going to if he's going to seek revenge, it's going to be up to God's timing, not my own timing of revenge. In the next half of our show, I want to talk more about how we move forward and how, you know, especially this time of year, how we're going to be motivated, not by anger, but being motivated by love and being able to persevere through times, especially when they've been difficult, especially after we've been hurt, or maybe angry with somebody else who once was close to us and now has alienated themselves or we've alienated ourselves. So uh, we're going to pick up this conversation more when we come back in the second half of HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff from HopeNet Radio. We all know that teen suicide is a dark reality in our communities. The numbers are sobering. Feelings of hopelessness and depression are very real in our youth and parents today. HopeNet 360 continues to be a beacon of hope in our communities through HopeNet Radio show and podcast, educational seminars, the crisis chat line, and local hope-giving community resources. There's much more work to be done, which is exactly why I want to invite you to join me at Scramble for Hope 2014. Scramble for Hope 2014 tees off on Friday, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club in Sherwood, Wisconsin. Break out the clubs and play nine holes of golf with me. See if you can take the title for the longest drive or the longest putt. Challenge the celebrity and go for the hole-in-one. Go to HopeNet360.com to register for one of the shotgun start times. If you can't make it but wish to donate, you can do that there as well. Get your golf fix. Learn about what Hope to 360 is doing to save lives from suicide in Northeast Wisconsin. Scramble for Hope, June 27th at Sherwood Forest Golf Club. That's hopenet360.com slash golf. See you there. 
It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. This is the show where conversations save lives. HopeNet Radio, Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Tara Kay in studio with us. And, of course, the lovely Kyle and Todd who are looking pretty tonight. How you guys lovely. doing? Lovely. Lovely. Oh, did I mix those up? I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, and the lovely Todd and Kyle. You mad, bro? Extremely good looking. I know that. I've never had the word lovely with you guys, though. Never. Isn't that some kind of like a cheesy hair product commercial? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Yes, probably. Is it? And I think you guys were in that, weren't you? (laughs) No, I am a male model, but I was not in that. (laughs) You guys aren't getting mad at me yet. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get you mad, bros. Uh, Anyway, tonight our conversation's been about being mad and being angry, and we're joking about it. But it's serious. It's a serious issue. There's a lot of people these days, me included, who just have times where we just get overcome with anger and we make decisions out of anger we do things that are rooted in anger and i don't know that it's been a healthy thing and we're going to shift the conversation in this second half of the show and talk more about not how to be led and be motivated by anger because it is a motivator but how to be motivated by love and to be able to move past it we're at that time of year where it's like now we're just ready to be done with it some of you guys are graduating in a few weeks and you're like I'm just done with I'm done with school I want to just be done in, in summer and not worry about showing up to class and people who just make me angry and say things and and all this stuff so we're seeing a lot of that in, in the news today with headlines that are just really disheartening as far as young people who are leading out and being motivated by anger to do things that are destructive and become destructive so can I ask a question Jeff of of our yeah. people here. I, I want to know, have you guys and, and ladies, somebody says something to you or does something and you ignore what they said, but but you just get really angry with them personally and, and you just never really deal with what they said? Yeah. That's you know? a fallacy. That's a to the man fallacy. Like instead of acknowledging what they say, it's like, well, I mean, people try to do that in court too, don't they? Where it's like, well, this person, well, you know, he... He beats up orphans, so therefore you should convict him. And it's just yeah. like even, even making up stuff to tarnish their character. It actually has nothing to do with anything they said. So, so in essence, you have – Tara, have you ever done that? Have you ever um, – What, beaten up an orphan? No, 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 no. Have <laughs> you ever misplaced the anger in the sense that <laughs> – yeah, We're going to tell the authorities. Um have you ever got to the point, or you, Jeff, where, where you just don't listen to what people are really saying, but you start getting angry at the person and then just kind of attack the person and forget everything they said? Yeah, definitely I have. I was thinking about when um, Jeff was talking about school getting out, and I was having a conversation with somebody reminiscing about school. And how I don't know, a lot of people that I've come across really have bitterness towards their time in school, like middle school and high school. A lot of people that I've talked to have said, oh, I'm so glad I I would never want to go back and relive high school or middle school. I never felt that way. I actually had a great Mm -hmm. time in middle school and high school. But I think sometimes it's because, I don't know, whatever the situation was that maybe caused them anger or bitterness or hurt during those times. And they think, well, I'm just going to move on and kind of be passive with it. I'm just going to move on because, well, I'm going off to to move here. Or I'm going to do. I'm going to go to college. Or I'm on to bigger and better things. And it's about, well, I'm just going to step out of my past and go on to something. And yes, you will move on. But sometimes, if you don't deal with it, 
and you don't deal with maybe an experience or an anger that that hurt you, no matter where you move or where you go, if you have anger towards a person, it's not the location that will change your feelings. It's yeah. not a new experience that will change it. It's something that you have to um, let go of inside and know that it was an experience or a person that hurt you and you can let that go. But a situation or moving or a new location or a new school, or that's not going to change a situation. It's something that has to be internal that you let go of from inside and you recognize that it was something they said that maybe hurt you and that it wasn't that person. So you can, so that you're able to let that anger go. Man, I want to give our listeners a tool to use if I can to help them Um, really live a little healthier lives in this area. And one of them is really simple. If somebody says something that really gets you angry, try and hear what they said. And I think a righteous anger might be against maybe the issue, but not the person. We tend to make it about the person. Right. And that quickly escalates to danger and disaster. Quick story was I, I was asked once to be on a sex education committee at a school. They needed a religious guy, I guess, or something, and they wanted me on there. And and basically, I was sitting on the committee with a bunch of ladies, which was uncomfortable anyway. And and as they were, you know, talking about different things, you know, I, I would come up with things. And so I was active in the school. And down the road, somebody asked me about a book that their child had to read. And in the book was a bunch of foul language and sexual scenes. And I think so it was appropriate. And I said, you know, I don't think that's appropriate. And I have my master's in education. So the parents said, well, can you go talk to the teacher about it? I said, sure. And I wrote the teacher a letter first so that they could think about it. And I said, you know what? I really don't think this book is appropriate. You're asking this Christian kid to, to read certain sections out loud, and, and they don't use that language. And they don't, you know, I just think it's inappropriate to do that. You can choose something else. Now, I'm a teacher, so I know something. I know that there's two ways this could go. As a teacher, I choose my curriculum. You know, I look at it. I choose it for some reason. Whatever the reason is, I have it. But if I want to defend myself, I, if somebody else comes and challenges what I picked, I ask them if they're trying to censor me. See, that's a different route now. Now, now what that means is that you're going to have to attack me to get, to get the curriculum change. We're not going to talk about the curriculum anymore. So I went in and talked to this, this teacher, and the teacher looked at me, and, and the first thing she said to me is, are you going to try and censor me? And I looked at her, I knew it was done. I said, no, I'm actually asking you to choose something else. That's all. I'm not trying to censor anything. I'm trying to have you to choose something. She said, well, I think you're trying to censor me. I said, okay. And I, I didn't go anywhere. I left. But what's interesting, the school wanted to have a hearing on it. And so they did. They invited the community, everybody out. So I'm sitting in this gym packed with people. This lady had taught at the school like forever. And, and the parent I was sitting with, I, I leaned over to him and said, if they start this thing talking about how good of a teacher she is, I'm not saying a word because they just changed it from the subject to the person. Yeah. See? Exactly. And, and so what happened is it started and the first three or four witnesses were kids that came back from college to talk about how good a teacher she was. <laughs> so I, I immediately, the guy looked at me and said, so you're not saying anything? He said, no. Why? Because the only thing I can do now is attack the person. Mm-hmm. And that's not why I came here. Yep. I came here to talk about the value of the lesson, not the person. And they made it about the person. And I think that is extremely important for us to understand. If you're going to make the issues about a person, there is no way to win that one. There is mm-hmm. no way. It, mm-hmm. it isn't a, we're all sinful creatures. So, so, you know, you can start there. That's not an issue there. But you can't make it about the person. And, and even that day, everyone was surprised because, as all of you know, I know how to argue. I know how to talk. It's just that day I said nothing. And they said, well, I guess we shut you up. I mean, it was really hard for him to walk out of there. 
Hmm. Because I had my reasons, but I wanted to go after the issue, and they wouldn't let me. Hmm. I would have to go after the person. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I refuse to do that, and to this day I refuse to do that. By the way, I lost that argument, obviously. They cut hmm. the book in the school because I wouldn't say anything. I had plenty to say, but I think that in the long run, I did what I talked about earlier in the segment where I said, you know, God, this is your problem. I'll let you deal with it. And, you know, I can't do anything about it at that point. I think what I'm asking my listeners to do is identify how many times when they actually start to get angry that they're angry with a person. And if they could slow up a little bit and start looking at the issue and, and not beat up the person, I think they'll be a healthier person for that. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. It makes absolute sense. It, it makes sense, you know, in a vacuum. I think the hard thing is when you've tried to be assertive, you, when you've tried to stand your ground, when you've tried to be motivated by love and just, you know, let it go and not, you know, sing the song, don't sing the song. <laughs> uh, when you try to just let that situation go and not attack the person um, or just maybe have empathy for it and it keeps on happening. At some point, you just kind of get to your breaking point. And I think that's where a lot of young people are and parents are getting to is that they've got to the end of their rope and they're like, I'm not sure what else to do anymore, except I just feel like I need to snap. And it's very much uh, a reality. You know, obviously, when you have a a young man who runs down the halls and is carrying a knife with him and and that seems to be his way of dealing with these things that are going on that are out of his control. Again, I think it's a control issue, Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's when that person gets to the end of the rope. That really brings out their character and how we handle anger really shows who what our character is. We have real emotions that include anger. It includes being disappointed. You know, it, just as much as joy and, and laughter is a part of our life, this is a real, it's a real human emotion. We've got to find a way to be assertive, to speak our mind, but to be compelled and moved by love that is stronger than any, any feelings of anger or violence or rage that can be built up within us. That, those aren't characteristics. Those aren't marks of a true Christian. So we're going to continue this conversation. It's a deep topic. We'd love to hear from you. Also tonight, if you're dealing with something that maybe relates to anger or it relates to this topic, or maybe it doesn't even have anything to do with it, there are live coaches that are standing by right now at HopeNet360.com. Go and chat with the live coach tonight at HopeNet360.com. You're not alone tonight. We're going to pick this conversation back up when we come back here on on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. It is the show where conversations save lives. HopeNet Radio. Are you mad, bro? Or better known as Todd's version, you mad, bro? I'm just blaming you, Todd. I, or just pretty mad sure. Bro. Mad, bro? Mad, bro? Just question, mad, bro? Question mark? Mad Brothers. It's the Mad Brothers. Me and Todd are mad. <laughs> anyway, you can get involved in the conversation tonight, too. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. That's where it's all at. Of course, our website, hopenet360.com. If you missed the early part of the show, you'll be able to catch the podcast later on tonight at hopenet 360 or on iTunes. So check it out for yourself, listen to it, and share it with your friends. We'd love for you to do that. Tara, how do we, maybe as Christians or people in the faith, how should we respond to people who disappoint us, who frustrate us, who say things or do something to us, even over a long period of time? So say maybe you're being bullied at your workplace or at school. How should we respond to that? That's a good question. And sometimes we hear maybe a sermon at church or we're speaking or something 
Um, and we think, oh, well, that's a good sermon. Somebody else should listen to this. Or I know the right person who should listen to this. But exactly. this, I mean, it's a topic that's been very much present in my life. And I've been, you know, having um, some issues with some close personal friends. And it's been difficult. Of I've had to face, really had to face anger and how I react in that balance, but like we were talking about before, between being passive and being aggressive. And I think, you know, I tried to look back at the Bible, like, what did people do in the Bible? I look at Joseph and say, well, Joseph didn't, he was put in prison for doing the right thing. And he didn't have anybody stick up for him. And he didn't go and stick up for himself. So maybe that's what I should do. Maybe I should just not say anything and let God fight for me. But then there were other examples of even Jesus he reacted, but he did it in a way, especially to the Pharisees, he would bring up questions that would get them to reflect on the issues themselves. He would get mm. them to realize what their own issue was themselves instead of being angry. I mean, Jesus was fully human, so he experienced emotion. And anger is an emotion. Sometimes we think, well, why would God, if anger is bad, then why would God even allow us to have anger if it's an emotion? But I think Christ is a best example of how to deal with anger because in the cross and his death was able to still forgive. And I think it was because I think when he was being beaten, he was still very angry, but it was because he looked, he was able to look ahead and see the long run. What was the eternal purpose? And he knew that the eternal purpose was joy for that. We could spend eternity with him. So he was able to forgive and put aside that anger and not act out in that anger. It was a choice. So we can feel anger and feeling anger is not wrong because it is an emotion. But I think Christ was a great example of he could look beyond and see that greater purpose in the future instead of just acting out in how he felt in the moment. We talk a lot about how conversations save lives. That's kind of the theme of this show. And why we discuss this is hopefully this opens up an avenue to have a conversation, an open conversation with either your parents or a trusted adult, somebody who's kind of outside the framework of what you see and what you're experiencing, and maybe even the emotional part of it to help you think rationally through how to deal with this. And so tonight, that's really the, that's the core of what we're talking about is to hopefully engage in a conversation and there are live coaches waiting to chat with you. If you're going through something, you're, you're angry, there's a situation going on, you're just not sure what to do with, you don't feel like you can talk to somebody close to you because maybe they're the ones that hurt you or made you angry to begin with, chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com right now. Could it be that, that we really mess up because we're trying to figure out a formula on the idea of love? For, for example, if, if I love somebody, I'm going to think about what's best for them and how they hear me. And, and Todd and Kyle, and Derek, listen carefully to what I say, because I want to see if this makes sense. Um, if, if I am talking to somebody who is uh, introverted, I'm going to talk a certain way, allow them to think about it, and come back and respond to me. If I'm talking to an extrovert, I'm going I'm to get them right on the spot there. I'm gonna... See, what Jesus did, like with the woman at the well, was very effective. It, what he did with the Pharisees was effective. It was different. It, I mean, some people got thrown out of the temple. Some got talked to. And, and one group, he just rode on the ground. And they all left. So what's interesting to me is it seemed like Jesus actually loved people. In other words, he was thinking about what's best for them, and he tried to communicate on what's best for them. And so it changed as it went along. Uh, methods we have to understand. It, we as humans so desperately want to hang on to a method. And, and really, methods will change according to uh, history and people and, and personalities. Uh, Todd and, and Kyle, as you're in the studio, I, I've been able to meet with both of you. You're different people. We, we talk differently, but we talk about the same stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important that we understand who we're talking to and a way that they'll hear us. 
And, and if we mess up on that, if all we care about is the words coming out of our mouth or, or whatever else, then maybe we get, we're missing the whole point because maybe it's the absence of true love that causes the anger because then I get mad that you didn't hear it. Well, what if you didn't hear it because I spent no time trying to think how you heard it and I just gave it to you. Is that, is that valid, do you think? I mean, should you be thinking about how to talk to others so they hear you? Definitely. I think especially when working with youth, it's kind of, you know, um, not too long ago, my sister and I um, babysat for a family um, <clears throat> over a weekend. And the verse that just kept coming to mind was um, from, you know, 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about, you know, when I was a child, I thought like a child and reasoned like a child. And I, um, I had to just keep coming back to that because, you know, there were things that, they did and said that, you know, it's just that time, that age that they were in. And so I had to be conscious of where they were, how they perceived concepts and everything when I talked to them. The way that I'll talk to students around here is much different from that. And so i got to be very conscious of that. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because sometimes I think in my past what I did was just say things like, well, I told them. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't hear it. It's like but, the love languages. If, yeah. Yeah, what if, what if it's really about them and I'm not making it about them. I'm making it about me and how I communicate. Mm-hmm. That could cause all kinds of, of anger issues and that kind of thing because you're thinking this person doesn't even listen anyway. Well, I didn't say it the way they could hear it. Exactly. Hmm. What if it's really my problem and not theirs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think sometimes we have to back off a little bit and take a look at it. But Yeah, oh, but I do also think that there is an aspect to you obviously try to do the best you can to communicate. And then after that, they do have a choice. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. because there's been some tough calls we've had to make with students and stuff. And I just think, you know, I'm reminded over and over that I can't make choices for people. Yeah. Well, here, mm-hmm. here's a couple so. rules that I know you guys have heard me say before, but this will help you. I shouldn't even use the word rules. I'm sorry, but they're guidelines. <laughs> One is if I'm, trying to, if I'm trying to communicate to somebody, and I'm, in other words, I'm trying to teach them, there's no bad students, only bad teachers. In other words, I'm saying, if you didn't get it, if I'm trying to tell you something, Todd or Kyle, and you don't get it, then I have to go back and figure out how can I say it differently. Not, mm-hmm. not just leave it, because I love you and I want you to get it. And the other rule is, if I'm being taught by somebody, I change it. There's no bad teachers, only bad students. So, so if somebody's talking to me and I don't get it, I need to change, because I need to be responsible for hearing what they said. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really important. So those two things, those two little rules are extremely helpful to stop me from getting bitter and angry when people don't mm-hmm. respond because I keep going back to the well trying to figure out how to do it again and how to do it differently, and it, and it helps very much. Yeah, I just mean that like if you're communicating effectively and Absolutely. they do get it and they still try to do – they still choose to do the wrong thing, that's not something Yeah, it's that, like the Bible. The Bible's right. very effective and right. people don't listen to it. How we interpret it isn't just by the words that are said. I mean sometimes we can say things, but – our body language can say things that, you know, our words aren't saying. We have so many other visual cues and even like our smell. If we smell terrible and we're trying to tell somebody something good, they're going to have a bad a bad experience with us, you know? Anger is anger is just an emotion and it just it's an interaction between different people and it it involves sometimes words, it involves actions or inactions, it involves a lot of different things. So it's a, it's a complicated thing, but it's an interaction. You know, if we are angry that we don't just come up with our own, kind of like what you guys were saying, um, it's really important that we interpret it the right way. I really choose my words carefully when it comes to if I'm going to give someone correction or I'm going to, I'm going to give someone insight that might be uncomfortable for them. I want to try to make it as in a way as comfortable as I can, even if it's telling them the truth and it's saying, you know, what you did there really was disappointing. I, I, I'm not encouraged by it. So I choose, you know, I choose my words carefully 
But still, sometimes the other person doesn't perceive it as an encouragement or a, a right correction. They, they interpret it as, well, this person doesn't like me. You know, mm-hmm. and so they internalize it right away. And it's not what I intended. It wasn't how I intended it to be. But I can't. I have a hard time blaming myself for that because I've, in my mind, I've done what I knew. What I knew was right, and they still didn't receive it the way that I was anticipating they would receive it. Mm-hmm. The story from um, that we were talking about earlier with the woman at the well, and and how you say things is different. The Pharisees were all accusing her. You have this many. You've had this many husbands, and that's what everybody was saying about her. You're like this. But when Jesus talked to her, he talked to her out of love. So that is what created the change of behavior, not hmm. the pointing at the of the fingers, not. So there's a right way in what you were saying, and that that's just kind of like a story that would illustrate that. There's a right mm-hmm. way to bring about um, communication and where it's effective versus just pointing blame. Absolutely. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio. We're wrapping up the show tonight. Jeff and DW, your hosts. Tara Kay has been hanging out with us, and she has been doing some extensive work in human trafficking, ending human trafficking. Uh, Even her profile picture on Facebook is about ending it. So if you would, just share a little bit about some of the things that you're doing here in Northeast Wisconsin and just what God has really put on your heart to do to really help young people and especially young women just find their place in life. Talking about anger and maybe even a sense of righteous anger, I mean, there are topics that we should get angry about, and this, I think, is one of them. The abuse of individuals is really what human trafficking is essentially about, of exploiting others for the purpose of personal gain, and especially with sex trafficking is mainly what I work with. But uh, that's kind of how I got started, and it was just I learned about it and felt very moved to just do what I can do. I know I couldn't solve the whole problem, but I've worked helping to do prevention assemblies in schools. I've helped women who have come out of the life and helped them through the restoration and recovery process and just kind of take every step that I can that God, whatever door he opens for me. And I think just being able to be on the show is just so, so incredible because these topics that we talk about anger and those are things that if not dealt with, if a young person is going through them, if not dealt with, they create a sense of vulnerability and vulnerability mm-hmm. creates, creates grounds for somebody to be exploited. Mm-hmm. So I think it's so important we talk about anger because a lot of times, especially in terms of sexual exploitation, about 80% of girls that are involved or that are ex- involved in human trafficking or are exploited um, have experienced abuse at home, sexual abuse at home. And that's mm-hmm. creating anger that it wasn't appropriately dealt with, not by their fault, but they mm-hmm. really should have been in counseling or they didn't come from a family who was able to help them. So yeah. that leads them to a place where they're open to be exploited by someone else in the future. It's incredible work that you guys do. And uh, I know the organization that you've kind of been working, there's a couple of different human trafficking prevention and awareness organizations in this area. Yeah, I've been helping out um, with Five Stones is in the Fox Valley area. Um, Also, my friend Lisa started an organization now called Damascus Road. Another friend in Green Bay, Sarah, she works with um, More Precious Than Rubies. That's her organization. She goes to the strip clubs and talks to women that are um, there because really she just 
I, I know specifically working with women in this environment, it's not about saying, you know, what you're doing is, is not good or it's wrong or you're probably dealing with some kind of anger. It's just about talking to them yeah. and hearing their story and letting them tell you where the hurt is coming from. Hmm. So, yeah, we'll put some links up on our website, hopenet360.com. You'll also find our show there as well. And, uh, guys, as we're wrapping up the show tonight, and I think it's really important. There's uh, quite a few scriptures that really do talk about anger. Dave, you mentioned from Ephesians 4 before about not letting the sun go down on your anger. I think there's another verse in there close by, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere near Ephesians 6, that talks about fathers, dads, guys like me. Don't provoke your kids to anger. You know, don't do things or say things or act in a way that's going to provoke anger out of them. Now, I know there are some things that dads have to say or or dads have to enforce that kids may respond angrily to. And honestly, you guys just need to figure that out. But there are times where dads, we just maybe try to take too much control or uh, we're saying things or doing things in our actions that don't communicate love. Or we just don't communicate that we love our kids. Instead, our love is shown as, you know, I'm telling you to clean your room because I love you. Well, yeah, that's important. Yeah, I'm telling you to take out the trash. Yeah, I'm telling you that you got to do this stuff because I love you. Well, there's got to be a balance in communication too. But there are scriptures that are all through the Old and New Testament that talk about anger and how we handle it. We talk about how to be inspired by love, and we've got to be motivated by love. If we're motivated by anything else, it's going to fall short. It's going to dishonor God. It's going to dishonor the people who are around us. It's going to affect every other area of our life. And we have to, have to, have to, have to deal with anger in a healthy way if we're going to live. That's just the way I see it, Dave. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but feel free to do either one of those. You know, if we really love people, we are concerned with how they hear us. We're not concerned with just saying. And and that's what I think that passage in Ephesians 6 is about. Fathers, please be concerned with how your children hear you, not just that you've said it and that you've somehow appeased your own conscience because you said something. It is important that we who communicate focus on actually communicating. I think it's this is a very important topic, especially for, I feel like, our generation. And even for me, like just looking at my my life, I see how I get angry over such silly, stupid things, and I let that bother me and fester and really turn into hate. For myself, I pray that for myself, and I pray for other people. We can just learn to give those to Christ and learn to forgive and learn to not make a big deal out of things that aren't really a big deal. And I think that that's something that I struggle with doing at times. I think that there are, um, like Tara was saying, some things that are worth being angry about, but also to realize the difference that there are some things that, you know, aren't necessarily worth getting angry about. Like, you know, we're talking about how it's snowing all the time here. It's like, well, you know. That's okay to get angry about. God promised the world will never be destroyed by a flood. Yeah, yeah. He didn't promise yeah, anything about snow. <laughs> no. ending. Fro- a frozen water flood uh, <laughs> destroyed. Yeah, anyways, I just think that, yeah, watching kids, just spending time with different students. You know, I've seen um, some kids blow up and just like, you know, this really isn't worth getting angry about. And that's something that we all have to come to a realization about and put it through the filter of Scripture of, you know, there are things that are worth it and there are things that aren't. And so just praying for wisdom on that. Do do you guys see that the, the idea of destructive anger when it's just all about you, and it's all about how you feel and, and all about you. It becomes destructive. Mm-hmm. But when you're really somebody who cares about them, it turns into constructive mm-hmm. anger in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quick, quick, quick story. Um, 
there was a guy back in World War One. His name was Sergeant York. <clears throat> I think he was the most decorated. But anyways, he uh, was a conscientious objector at the beginning of the war. He didn't want to fight because he believed that killing was wrong. And then later on in the war, he ended up capturing hundreds and killing some, and he ended up fighting. And they asked him, you know, why Why did you do this? What changed? And he said, you know, I was in battle. I wasn't going to kill anybody or whatever. But he saw that machine gunners were just mowing down tons of people. And he's like, that's wrong. And he said, you know, I figured to take a couple lives, save so much more. And he got angry about, you know, just the injustice of so many people dying. Mm. And I think that's something worth getting upset about. So he ended up saving more lives. Again, motive. And and it's one of those things that we have to look at. I think our motives need to be checked because we, we can lie to ourselves. If you're somebody suffering from anger, you're angry today and you just can't get over it. You really need to have a conversation right now with somebody. And we have a Hope line for you. Go to HopeNet360 and talk to our coaches. We'd love you to get on there. Because really, you need to talk about the things that make you angry and start getting that out on the table and see whether it's legitimate or something that's destroying you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's such an important distinction. And I mean, when we talk about war, I think that's a totally different conversation because you can spend a lot of time there. Even a lot of Christians that think, yeah, we just need to be pacifists. We can't let these things, you know, go on. We, that's a battle in and of itself. And so tonight, that's a different conversation, but it's a very, very important conversation. It might be one worth having with maybe a history teacher or a veteran, somebody who has seen time, you know, in conflict. I always encourage conversations again, because this is a show where conversations save lives, and literally they do. And especially if you're dealing with a situation where you're angry, maybe you've been frustrated, you've been disappointed, you've been discouraged. Maybe you're just blaming God because, you know, you, you feel like if you serve God, that people should be respectful to one another, that Christians especially should never hurt other Christians. And the reality is that people hurt other people because we're broken, because we are fallen, because, you know, we're not perfect. That's what makes us not perfect is the fact that we have the ability to do right or to do wrong. And we've already proven that. So it doesn't matter if you're a person who's a faith. You can be a Muslim. You can be a Buddhist. You can be a Hindu. You can be an atheist. It doesn't matter. You're going to be somebody who has the ability to hurt somebody else, whether you intend on it or not. Tonight on the show, if we just open the conversation and say, hey, let's just, if we're feeling angry, if we're feeling like we're discouraged or put down or that there's injustices happening around us, let's find a way to have an honest conversation to talk about it and to be able to work through it and to not become either passive about it or aggressive about it, not to act out of anger and animosity and hate, but to be motivated by love. And I think that's the most important part of this show tonight. So know that no matter what's going on in life, you can always be motivated by love Depending on your perspective and how you focus on your relationship with God, if that's right, if your relationship with God is first and foremost, these other things, the things that will vie for your attention and your emotions, they'll come in check underneath that. But if we're focused on ourselves, we're focused on our justification, it's going to fall in, in ways that we never saw coming. And we see that over and over and over again. So chat with the live coach tonight. It's been a great conversation. We'll see you guys online and next week here on HopeNet Radio. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Peeps out.